Hi, and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. passage from the book of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. As they approached Jerusalem, near the towns of Bethphage and Bethany, they came to the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of his disciples on ahead with these instructions. Go to the village there ahead of you. As soon as you get there, you will find a colt tied up that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if someone asks you why you were doing that, tell him that the master needs it and will send it back at once. So they went and found a colt out in the street, tied to the door of a house. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders asked them, What are you doing, untying that colt? They answered just as Jesus had told them, and the men let them go. They brought the colt to Jesus, threw their cloaks over the animal, and Jesus got on. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches in the field and spread them on the road. The people who were in front and those who followed behind began to shout, Praise God! God bless him who comes in the name of the Lord. God bless the coming kingdom of King David, our father. Praise be to God. Jesus entered Jerusalem, went into the temple, and looked around at everything. But since it was already late in the day, he went out to Bethany with the twelve disciples. patient Jesus is incredibly comforting to me in these times. And that's actually the, the part of this passage that I thought was just jumped out at me at being directly applicable to what we all are living through right now. You see, Jesus, when he comes into Jerusalem, he had all of the social momentum he could have asked for the energy of the crowds. He had the leadership of, that was opposing him right where he wanted them. He could have walked into that temple and immediately begun his campaign to purify the worship of the nation right then and there. But he didn't. Even in this moment of excitement and adrenaline and energy, he comes into the temple, he looks around at everything, and then he goes right back out of Jerusalem to one of the neighboring villages to be with his disciples for the evening. And yes, he's going to come back in the morning and do his thing, but here's the point. Jesus has his timetable, which is not our timetable. Jesus is patient with us in our expectations. He doesn't push us aside just because we have expectations that aren't his. He welcomes us in 
to his utterly unhurried wife. He will set things to right. Of that we can be sure. And so even in this moment, when we're facing pandemic and economic whatever it is that's on its way to us, in all of our fears, all of our panic at moments, all of our sadness over people who are sick, grief, over people who have died. And friends, it's going to get harder before it gets easier, I think, in this case. But watching Jesus on Palm Sunday, and indeed watching Jesus all through Holy Week, and indeed, of course, watching Jesus through his entire life and ministry, and through all of his patience and patient working with his people throughout history, we can be confident that whatever it is that we face, Jesus isn't coming in to play a game. Just as he did that first Palm Sunday, Jesus is coming in to Jerusalem then and into our lives now not to play a game, although he has a great sense of humor. Jesus is coming in to set a table, to set up a kingdom whose primary and focal image is a feast. Jesus is coming in to be with us and yes, to set everything to rights. And as I mentioned a moment ago, the central image of Jesus coming in to set things to right is a meal of bread and wine. That first Palm Sunday, Jesus was coming into Jerusalem to begin the process that would lead Thursday night to the Last Supper. And on that night, when he knew exactly what was going to be happening to him, his beatings and whippings and ultimately his crucifixion, knowing what was about to happen to him, Jesus, in the middle of that Passover meal, he took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his friends saying, take, eat, all of you. This is my body, broken for you. Do this, remembering me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having again given thanks, he gave the cup to his friends saying, take, drink, all of you. This is the cup of the renewed covenant now sealed in my blood. Drink, all of you. And the Apostle Paul tells us that as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim his death until he comes again in glory and invites us into that feast that Jesus has so long prepared for us to share with him in person. 
friends, we're apart physically. And yes, it's bizarre to talk about sharing communion when we're not actually at the same table or at least in the same room. And if you have questions about this, please go back and look at the Facebook post we put up yesterday, Saturday, that talks about these very things. But we have made a decision to invite you into sharing this meal with us as much as we are able to share together. Because it's still the promise that's given to us that our Lord is with us, even in the middle of trial and tragedy. He's with us. So friends, with the wine or grape juice you have at home and whatever bread that you have at home, take this bread and take this cup and take them by faith as a true sharing in Jesus' finished work for you. Please join me in prayer. Lord Jesus, you, you gave us this meal. And even though right now we can't be physically right with each other as we share this meal together, you're with us. And so by faith, we take this bread, we take this cup, and we receive you, your finished work for us in the middle of everything we're going through. And yes, we, together, we bring to you the, the cares and concerns because that's what we do anytime that we're coming to you in prayer. We bring to you all of who we are in our need to receive all of who you are in your fullness and life eternal. We ask, Holy Spirit, that in each of the different places where we're gathered together, you would make this a true sharing in Jesus until that day when he comes again in glory and we're not only not separated from each other, but we're for the first time not separated at all from you. We pray in Jesus' strong name. Amen. Wherever you are, we pray a prayer of blessing on you. We join you in your shares, your concerns, and, and things are going on in your life. And honestly, one of the greatest privileges we would have is if you would make use of email or the message button right there on Facebook to let us know ways that we can be in prayer for you. We gather as staff, again, apart, but together via technology to pray on Tuesday mornings. And it would be a great privilege to be able to join you in prayer. So either send it to office at inglewoodpc.org or again, use the Facebook message button and message us, and we will be in prayer for you. Please also join us in uh, the ways that we're able to gather uh, even apart. We have a virtual prayer meeting on Friday at noon. There's a women's group that meets Wednesdays at 10 via Zoom. There's a men's group that meets uh, Thursday nights at seven. We have a life group, a missional community that meets also Thursdays, uh, Thursday evenings. And the contact emails are there on our website and please take the initiative to, to join us for those. In whatever ways that God leads you this week, 
know that he's with you. He's providing for you. He's longing for you to simply come and and pour out your heart before him. So once more, please join me in prayer as together we reach out to him for the week to come. Lord Jesus, this great prayer that you give us, we know is the Our Father. This Lord's Prayer invites us to pray both enjoyment of you as our good God, trust in you that your kingdom is coming, and yes, provision for us in the daily needs of our body, in our daily bread. And all the more in this moment, Lord, we we do join in prayer with each other for health for our bodies in this time of illness. We're grateful, Lord, that among our particular church, we have not lost anyone to this particular disease, COVID-19, but Lord, we pray for those who have, that you would comfort and give us the compassion to be comfort to those who have lost in this time. Lord, we pray for your provision financially for those who've lost jobs and had hours cut back and through the turmoil that is about to face us. Lord, give us the courage to face this knowing that you are with us and you give us what we need to continue to be generous and loving to each other and to our neighbors, to the world around us. Lord, provide, protect, give us the endurance we need for the days to come and continue learning day by day what it means to pray and be in conversation with you from these words, learning from these words that you taught us, saying, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.